Hi, this is John Griffin from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and you are listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Welcome in to another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast, sponsored by the Chicago Wolves Merchandise Store. Check them out at chicagowolvesstore.com. Enter the code PHN15 for your discount. It's the first line edition. Adam Minnick, Lonnie Goldsmith, Richard Cote here with you. Gentlemen, um, I mean, I don't, I'm not excited when people get fired, but it's really rare that on the first line edition, we get to talk about, like, a coach firing. We, we never get that on our week. I legit yeah, I, don't remember the last one we had. I, I thought that we had an agreement with the league that they would only fire coaches on every other week so that we would miss the first line edition. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Sunshine gets all the firings. Right? Yeah. Seems fitting <laughs> if you really think about it. It is. It is. It, it would be very fitting for Mr. Sunshine to get all the firings. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> uh, au revoir to Claude Julien in Montreal. Uh, sitting in the last playoff spot in the North Division gets you can, guys. I'm perplexed because, you know, I look at they're in a playoff spot. They're not playing terrible hockey right now in what's proving to be a pretty entertaining division, if nothing else. And being in a playoff spot quarter of the way or whatever through gets you fired. I'm Really confused by it. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, look, we Adam, you and I have talked a long time about just how difficult to market Montreal is to, to coach in. Yeah. It is a media environment like no other, and you have the bilingual bilingualness of it all. Bilingualness. Uh, f- <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> the, okay, the, I like that. I'm, I'm using that. Right, there you go. And the French media is particularly tough. On on the oh, team, yeah. um, and, and has been for years. I mean, we're not we're not breaking any news here with this, right? But all that being said, given the nature of the division that they're in, it it just strikes me as odd. Timing timing feels weird to me on that one. They they were two points clear at the time of the firing. Actually, they still are two points clear of Montreal with three with two games in hand. I think it was three at the time. They're Montreal. Yeah. Sorry, of Calgary. Thank you. They're way they they've got five games in hand on Vancouver, plenty of points clear on them. They got three games on hand on Edmonton, only six points behind them, so virtually tied-ish. You know, assuming you win the game. I just I mean, you you're playing poor at home, but nobody's watching. So that that's not a thing, right? Should have um, been. I, I I don't I don't I mean, this is Bergevin's in his ninth year as GM. He's got one year left on his contract. The whole I don't I don't understand the timing of it. There's, there's I, I don't I, know if it's the hot start they got off to this season that just set the expectations so high. But I mean, it, it's not like Claude Julian's a rookie coach or that this is his first year in the league. He's been around a while. He knows how to ride a ship if it's if it's going the wrong way, and and it's not really going that bad in Montreal. I, I didn't I didn't think so. No, I no. I didn't, it didn't seem like it. I mean, it, I, I yeah, it's it's there's so many weird things about it. Um, it just it doesn't. I mean, this is like New York Yankee panic. Is the only thing I, I kind of was like thinking that I can compare it to. I, I mean, Carey Price is not having a good year. No. In terms of, of, of numbers. None of his numbers are But Jake Allen is having a good year. When was the last time you've said that? Never, because I have watched a lot of Jake Allen, and I am not a Jake Allen fan, and I don't think he's a starting goaltender in the NHL. But no. he's, now offic- he's now played and started – you know, seven, he's seven games, all starts. Price still has more games at 12, but I mean, he's had a real bad run lately. Allen's got a, a full goal, better goals against and a save percentage. That's, that's, I mean, hundreds higher, 888 to 932. I mean, it's, it's not even close of who's playing better. 
Did Carey Price get Julian fired? Well, I, I, it's hard to say. I'm not sure why. He, I mean, again, I still don't know why he was fired. Um, again, by the way, as Montreal coach, as this is his second stint, um, it, it really doesn't make any sense because, I mean, he, from a percentage-wise, he was slightly below Michel Therrien, who was the his uh, predecessor in, in Montreal, who is the first coach that uh, Bergevin had hired. Yep. Uh, Terrian had a 6-12 winning percentage and still got fired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got... Tyler Toffoli's got 12 goals on the season. Who saw that coming? Josh Anderson went nine. Yeah. You know, Jurin's dishing out assists, you know, just, just left and right right now for him, which right. is what Jurin does. He's not a goal scorer. And, and it's funny, yeah. for, for as bad as Price has played, look at the offense in that division. It, it, yeah. is, it is a 1980s style, your early 80s style of, of hockey that's being played up there right now. Well, they're testing, expa- they're testing expanded nets up there, right? Uh, clearly. That- clearly. <laughs> expanded nets with reduced pad size. I mean, their 58 goals is third, 58 goals allowed is third worst in, in the division. They're middle of the pack. So, as bad as Price is playing, that still doesn't feel like enough to get a, you know, above 500 coach fired a quarter of the way into the season, a little more than a quarter. You know, we're, we're talking about how poorly, like, like how his stats aren't that bad or how, how the season's not going that poorly for Montreal. This kind of has something going on in the back of my head that maybe this was more of a personnel or a personal matter. I, I don't know. Um, maybe it wasn't so much his performance rather than something else in the, in the locker room or in the front office. I, it has to be. I mean, to get rid of, you're a GM going into your last your last year and a half of a deal, and you've been there for almost a decade, and you're about to hire your fourth coach, technically? Uh, third? I believe third. Third, third. third yeah. Terrian, Julian, and now he's got... Uh, yeah, he inherited his first one, right? Oh, I think yeah. he might have, depending on the timing of the dates hired, uh, I think he might have hired Terrian. He had... Uh, he actually inherited, depending on the timing of everything, Jacques Martin was fired in the 2011-12 season. Randy Cunningworth finished the year off as the interim, and then he brought in Terrian. Yeah, because he was still with uh, Chicago the, for that 10-cup. By the way, cup. yes, by the way, it is the second time that Claude Julien has succeeded Michel Terrian yes. as Montreal coach. Yes, yes, yes. There's, yeah. So Dominique uh, Ducharme, who I will admit I had no clue who he was um, there. Apparently, when I was reading it, Bergevin brought him in three years ago. So this was a grooming, which, Richard, I'm wondering, as you said, uh, personnel. The GM brought a young guy in, gives him a first-time gig. He's already said he's the interim for the rest of the year, guys. They're not interviewing anybody until the offseason. So he's going to have all all the chance in the world to get – the interim tag taken off his name. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you put the pieces together, this is Bergevin's last stand of trying to get a contract extension and go beyond a decade as a Montreal GM. Exclamation point, question mark. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess our, our guess is as good as anybody else's besides the people who were involved in the hiring and firing of all these people. So, I, I hope that they're not guessing if they're doing the hiring and the firing. I hope they're in the know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the really interesting thing about Ducharme is that he's he's never coached. He's never as a head coach. Never he's never been outside of the queue. Oh, he's he's local. Well, no, he, he uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a head, as a coach, as a head yes, coach, yes, as a head coach, yes, as a head coach. Correct. Five years correct. in Halifax, two years in Drummondville. Um. Uh, coached a little bit. He was, you know, with Team Canada, uh, World Juniors. I mean, he never played. He had one year in the French First Division, one year in the AHL, a couple he of didn't ECHLs. Have a, he, 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 no, he mean, didn't have a year in the AHL. He had a handful of games in the AHL. Yes, he did. Correct. Yeah. Five games. The, the, the only full season he played in the minors was over in France. Yep. 
you know, he, or he was he was a catamount. He, catamount. He, he played in Vermont in the ECAC. Had a nice Play, four-year career. Played there. with uh, Marty San Louis. He did. Yeah. I mean, for, he, he was a point of game guy. Yeah. In, in college, but yeah, no, you're right. In in any in the queue. I mean, here's and here's the thing too. When he was in the queue, second, first, first, fourth, sixth in the Maritimes, and then fourth in the West in Drummondville, and second in the West. So it's not like and and won a Memorial Cup in uh, he, twelve thirteen. In his, yeah, his second year, and then missed the playoffs, round one, quarterfinals his last three years. So it's not like he screams a ton of success in, in his later years of coaching. Uh, the leading scorer for his uh, Halifax Mooseheads in, in 12-13 when they won the Memorial Cup? Would have been... So this is the 12... So this is the... Oh, God. Would this have been a 12-draft year then? I'm Can actually not sure. Over age? 12-13, Give me a team. Um, you've mentioned his name in this conversation already. Tyler Toffoli? Jonathan Druin. Druin? Leading point getter or goal scorer? Point getter. 105 okay, points. 41, yeah. 64 for 105 and 49. God, I love the Q. 105 points in 49 <laughs> games. Yeah. It's fights and goals, baby. Fights and goals. That tells you just Duran has always been a disher. Yeah. Dishing is his thing. Yeah. 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 I I I mean this is this is gonna be real interesting, guys, of what happens to the locker room after a shakeup like this. I mean, this is going from that this is that classic, you had the hard nosed old school coach, and now you're going to the young first timer. So we're gonna know what the locker room thinks of it shortly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's got the relationship with Duran, and if, you know, he's going to be sort of, if he, if they look at Duran as sort of the straw that stirs the drink, then that's, you know, then maybe, I mean, as good as he's been this season, maybe that's the kind of hire that, that gets him to kick up, you know, kick it up even another level. But, you know, the offense hasn't been the problem in Montreal. If this guy can't, I mean, if he coaches defense like they do in the queue, Things are going to continue to spiral. Yeah. I mean, and this is, I mean, Drew in Josh Anderson, Shea Weber, it's their team, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess Carey Price, too, but his, I mean, he's got a new movement clause and a contract forever, so I guess it's his team, too. I mean, that I mean, makes you, get, you wonder. Listen, you got Jeff Petrie on a point-to-game pace right now from the off the blue line. Yeah, good God. Who saw that coming? Right. Yeah. And it's not like Montreal has, uh, Richard, has a lot of, they don't have a lot of expiring contracts in the next two years. They've got a lot of guys locked in for a long time with a lot of money. This is not a fluid roster that's, that this guy's walking into. No, absolutely not. I mean, what, in the next year they have two restricted free agents and, what, four UFAs? Yeah, but none, only one. Yeah. Tartar is the only one with money. Exactly. Everybody else is pennies is on the pretty dollar. pretty low, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't. They don't really clear cap space. This is what's really, really frightening. They don't clear cap space until twenty three twenty after the twenty three twenty four season. Here's here's the thing that I think they might have going for them going into twenty one, depending on what happens with the uh, you know what happens with this season. You look at the draft capital that they, that oh, they have amassed. Oh, yes. Oh, They've yeah. got their first, two seconds, three-third, three-fourth, three-fifth. Now, look at what, um, what – one of the things that Eiserman did was, like, they're willing – you know, this year, Eiserman needed a defenseman for Detroit. He's willing to take on Mark Stahl in the last year of his deal. Big salary, underperforming in New York. Great. When you kick in a second-rounder to make that happen. They've got draft picks – to burn if they need to buy but, their way out of some of these if they some of these guys that gonna, don't have movement who who who, 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 who are they going to buy clauses? out who, who are you going to buy out well no not buy out but to trade well, who you, who, who, you can who? attach who nobody's taking the carry price contract no 10 and a half through nope. 26 joel edmondson is movable at three five for another three years okay there's one petrie's contract is too big plus i think you want to keep him um, yes, you've, nobody and, you, the, and you just signed him. That six and yes. a quarter kicks in next year. That's right. his extension. Nobody, nobody's taking the Weber contract. Nobody's for taking the Weber contract. No. 
No. I don't think you want to move on from Toffoli. I don't think you can't move on from Gallagher. You're not going to move on from Juren if this is your head coach, right? No. I mean, we just established there's a relationship. And again, Josh Anderson is your future. Again, a 20, I mean, again, Juren and Anderson, you build around. Those are your, those right. are your so, top what, line winners. Find me a contract they can move. Not to cut you off, but find me, find me a salute. Yes, they have draft capital and, and, and they could force. But who, Shea Weber and Carey yeah. Price are the two you need to move. Yeah. And you can't. No, you're There's too right. many years. It's too many years and too much, yeah, too much money. Yeah, my idea still works if they have <laughs> players who <laughs> take it. <laughs> you're you're in principle, you're on the right track. Yes, yeah, in and, reality, and the thing is, it, you it, gone. I, it is very true. It's a young squad. That's really the interesting thing about this. Yes. It's not like, I mean, average. So, age, so is yes, that, even is with that the Weber, coaching move? Is that the coaching move? Young coach, young team. Maybe. Is that our answer? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Speaking of another young coach that may be starting to click, um, you know, I, I'm going to. So we have the most fun division that we kind of just talked about there. And by the way, Edmonton's starting to get their stride. Eight out of the last ten, five in a row. Just throwing yep. that out mm-hmm. there, guys. Um, the the crazy central. The the Blackhawks are in a playoff spot, and Dallas and Nashville are only a point ahead of Detroit. Now, there's a lot of units of hands on Detroit. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Especially Dallas. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dallas has played the least games, least in the league. But um, while the Blackhawks just swept Columbus in a weird-ass two-game series, including Malcolm Subban getting a shutout, I I don't – the Florida teams are on top, but not the Florida team we expected to be on top. Uh, There's a point separating them. I mean – yeah, and Tampa's, and Tampa got, Tampa's is, got a game in hand. Yeah, yeah, and Tampa's still a, a plus twenty-five. I mean, just for I just, I, <laughs> they're can, just, it's just silly. I don't what, understand what, what's going on hangover? in the central. What cup hangover? Uh, by the way, so I do have. I tweeted this last night. Um, Nashville is my official new dumpster fire of the NHL. Boy, which when you could pick Detroit. In that in that category, and you're still picking Nashville. That's yes. uh, that's something. Detroit has a plan. Yes, they do. Nashville's a dumps- Nashville is officially in the Ottawa mode of dumpster fire. Yeah. Okay, so taking them off our picks list for this week. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, you're not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on. I, I just, I, I mean, sell me, I mean, is Nash, I mean, is there anything redeeming in Nashville right now? Um, I don't know. Ryan Johansson and Matthew Shane at eight each is a bark. No, that's not good. Uh, Philip Forsberg's only 26. That's redeeming. Okay. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> well, listen, who knew that stocking your roster with three ex-Minnesota Wild players was not going not gonna to plan out well for you? Well, you know, when you don't see teams because they're not in your division. Oh, wait. Yeah, it's not like they couldn't scout these guys on a regular basis five, six times a year. Well, actually, and to be yeah. fair, though, they picked two of, you know, Adam, they, two of our three favorite Ex-Wild players, you know, Mikael Granlund and Eric Howla. How I still think Howla could be a great NHL player. <laughs> I am not getting off I, that I, I am not selling my stock <laughs> in Eric Howla. He's so fast. This is, this is a pro Eric Howla podcast. Yeah, the dude just, his, his hands are so, <laughs> if his hands ever catch up and, to his feet. And, and he's just oh. been, I mean, he was in a great situation with, with Vegas, and then the last yes. couple of years has just not been in great spots. No, there is nothing. Okay, back to the topic. There is yeah. absolutely nothing redeeming right now. Um, there's just nothing working right now in, in Nashville. And you've got, you know, Yossi and Ellis on these monster deals. They're in their age 30 yeah. season. And, and they're taking up 18% of the cap between them for your top pair. And there's just – and you've got – Two go- you've got both goalies coming off the books after the season, and oh, yeah. Jesus, well that could be the best a... thing. That could be the best thing for him, though, is the goalies coming off. Yeah, Packer comes off, player. and you either you mo- you. I mean, listen, if they don't sign Saros, there's some team is going to be really happy to, uh, mm-hmm. to 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 get the the rebound of UC Saros. Yeah, Seattle. Oh, it, oh I'm sorry. We're not even getting to expansion draft. Don't start that yet, uh, <laughs> Richard. Bigger surprise in the Central. The Panthers or the Hawks? 
You know, I, I want to say it's the Hawks because even last season, I saw at least Florida on somewhat of an upward swing. I saw none of that in Chicago. So I I am thoroughly impressed with what they're doing with, with the club. Well, I mean, we'll see if it lasts the full season and, you know, when everybody finally catches up with their games. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with, with how well they've played. And, yeah, that two-game series with, with Columbus was just – yeah, that's I'll, six I'll five, six, five games. Yeah. And they're doing it without three other top six forwards, arguably three other top six and Taves, Nylander and Doc. Yeah. I mean, at least Colleton thinks Nylander's a top six because that's how he played him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're doing this without Taves and Doc and Lankanen is is in the Calder mention. Kane's a, a heart mention at this mm-hmm. point. I mean, it's the second most surprise. It goes without saying Dallas is probably the biggest surprise in the division right now, but they're also incomplete because they've only played 15 games. Right. But they haven't had a good... I mean, they've only got two wins out of the last 10. They, they've struggled. Um, yeah, it, it, it's central. I mean, and then I think... Are we learning, guys, that the East is the strongest division? And I'm not like, saying wait. top to bottom, just like they've got five solid teams. Are we learning that, or is this just reinforcing what we already thought? I actually thought the North was going to be a little strong. Maybe I thought the North was going to be closer group, so they were going to look stronger because there were going to be a lot of teams near each other. But, I mean, you're playing all in the division, but I think think you have five solid teams in the East. I don't think another division has five solid teams. See, I want to say that the East is the most complete division. Just because, the, yeah, they have five really good teams. I want to say the North is the strongest, just given their offensive output, or they're the weakest on defense. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I mean, it, it, like Lonnie said, it, I mean, it, it's NHL '94 video game style. It's it's Gretzky, uh, Edmonton Oiler era, New York mm-hmm. Islander era yeah. offense going. It's it's stupid. It's just stupid, but it's fun. I yeah. love when those games are on the NHL network. I'm oh, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think of the of the e- the top five the top five teams in the East right now are pretty sure all teams we thought were going to be in the top five of the East. It's not really a surprise in any way. No. Um, Philly's having a little stronger season than I expected, though. They are. Um, you know, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's probably about. Pittsburgh's about Pittsburgh was be. not actually a of our preseason picks, if I remember right, Richard. They were not a unanimous in the playoff. No, I don't. They're, 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 they have goaltender issues. Yes, they do. Yeah. I mean, Yari's not, they're, they're not, I don't think he is, is this a sophomore sum for him or is it technically his junior? It's hard. Right. I don't know what year is what anymore <laughs> when you count career years, right? Right. I <laughs> mean, look, I wouldn't, I also, I mean, listen, we're talking about strong divisions. I, I, yes, it's early, but it's getting to be less early, I suppose, at this point. The West is, the West is terrible. No, the West is terrible. And, and no. yet it's grouped way closer than it should be. Because they're all bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no, so, like, I, like, L.A. Has, is 9-6-3. L.A. is in third place in the division. I know. L.A. is, is terrible. Yes. That's, but they've won six in a row. Jonathan Quick is, is found the fountain of youth, apparently. Yeah. I mean, but, but like, St. Louis is injured and not playing well. Vegas hasn't run away with the division. They, they, they and, should. And, and they have four games in hand on St. Louis. Right. I mean, there, there, there potentially is about to be big separation. Like, Vegas may run away with the division, but St. Louis is underachieving. And, yes, a lot of it is injuries. Yes. L.A. is playing above their heads. The yes. Desert Dogs are probably where they should be. Probably. I, I kind of mm-hmm. had them, you know, in third place. They're, they're right there. Um, Minnesota, I think, is a bit of a surprise. Minnesota's a surprise. Colorado's, Colo- a, Colorado's a surprise. Richard, talk to us about Colorado, because we're just kind of going in order here. What's, oh, yeah. what, what's wrong? Um, inconsistencies with their goaltending and just, I, I mean, they, they've had a few players on, on COVID protocol, but I don't think it's enough to really account for all of this. I think it's been the inconsistencies with their goaltending and with their defense. I mean... I mean, Grubauer's going to Grubauer, but... Um, Grubauer's going to... I don't know if I've ever heard that I, before. You can only get so much out of him every game. And, and I'm, I've am i said it before. I'll say it again. I'm not sold on him as being a starter for Colorado. I, I actually think 
potentially their offense is the problem. They're scoring less than Minnesota is. They're actually, they're actually what, the second worst in the division in terms of offense. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Is, is the one-line heaviness starting to bite them in the backside? Well, they, they've got two lines, and they just they got their captain back. So um, they got two decent lines. Um, but, yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, is, is that – is getting El Capitan back, is that going to be the, the shot in the arm, the trade deadline move they need to... I mean, Kale McCarr is, is not scoring goals. He's dishing, but he's not finding the back of the net. He's been snake-bitten, you know, from the yeah. backside. We, we, you know, he found it a little more last year. But, it, but he's... I mean, he's a little bit snake-bitten, but he's not... I mean, he's hardly a volume shooter. The guy's taking two shots on goal a game. That's not necessarily well, that, snake-bitten. That's just... That's the problem. Right, he's got to take more shots. Right, you're you're snake bitten when you hit posts, when goalies make great saves. Mm-hmm. If you're not shooting, you're not snake bitten. You're just not shooting. Fair enough. Right. So, so he's yeah, he's not producing enough. I guess they, is that they, better. They've also had two really upsetting games against Vegas, where Flurry has just shut them out. Yeah, they, a couple of thirties. Yeah, there's a dude that's telling Robin Leonard, "Just hold my beer, buddy." Yes, yeah, so right. Yeah. <laughs> Flurry, I mean, wait, the, Flurry and Quick are the stories of the West? What? What year is this? Uh, yeah. Right? Have we gone back 10 years? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they faced a really hot goalie twice. I, they, they did beat him out in in um, Tahoe, but... Um, what well, long intermission helped. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the eight-hour first intermission definitely helped. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, oy, so, um, yeah. I, I had words about that. Yeah, so I, and then you know San Jose and Anaheim are not surprised. Yeah, we're I just, not talking I think about those two. The West is bad, guys. We thought it was going to be bad. I didn't think it was going to be like six out of the eight teams, maybe even seven out of the eight teams bad. Uh, I, I think I think we knew it was. We thought it, we knew it was going to be bad. I think we sort of thought it was going to be very top heavy. I think Minnesota mm-hmm. and LA are <laughs> combined ten game, you know, one ten in a row between them um, <laughs> is. That's it. That's an interesting twist. The fact that it's not just sort of the foregone conclusion of Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis, and maybe Arizona. Well, Arizona was fourth by default. We decided. We did. That's true. We did yeah, decide it. So we were fact, unanimous in that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that there are actually two other teams that are making it quasi interesting is. Oh, is it's that, interesting. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's it's definitely an interesting watch now. All of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, Blue, the Blues are scoring, but they're giving up too many goals. Their defense is awful. Arizona can't keep the puck out of their net. And Ve- Vegas is just, I mean, Vegas has been playing phenomenal in defense. But, yeah, it's, okay, there's our, there's our whip around the divisions. We uh, covered that well. We, we hit them all, guys. We did. We hit them all. If you guys need hockey equipment, Verbero Hockey is where you want to go. Go to the PHN website at ProHockeyNews.com. Click on the Verbero link. Get your discount. Verbero Hockey, they're new in the business, but they make quality equipment. Go check them out. Um, oh, boy. Do we want to – we're going to talk standings today because, you know, I threw it out on Twitter. Uh, do we want to go Tahoe or we want to go Juicy Russia Story? Where you want to take us, Lonnie? Tahoe. Tahoe. Um, you know, it was really pretty. Oh, it was gorgeous. <laughs> was it? I got to see one period. During the day, it was gorgeous. Okay. Um, I, got, I understand what they had to do. Starting the dang thing at 9 o'clock Pacific seemed a little late. Not even the teams that were playing in the game were staying up for it in their fandom necessarily. No. It, bad, bad. I mean, I, I know mother nature is all that and the sun wasn't supposed to be out, but uh, not a good look for the team. Not a good look for I, the league. I think beyond that, the league needed to, to look at, okay, we're, we're, we're hosting a weather dependent event on the West coast for an East coast audience. Why are we starting the game at noon local time when we know the sun is at its apex. Didn't you just answer your question? Because they had to fit it in before golf. I think is what they had to fit it in for, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was golf. 
I mean, they, they flipped the, the SN game and the NBC game on Sunday afternoon. Right. And then they still had to push the Sunday game back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I, I've spent enough, you know, springs out in, in, in Colorado skiing. And I, th- there was one year I woke up in the morning after skiing and my face was, my lips were totally swelled up. I looked like the cover of a Rolling Stones record. They got sunburned. Because the sun was so strong, bouncing off the snow, and I was 10. I didn't think to put, you know, any chapstick on. It was the most, one of the more painful experiences ever. I don't understand how, how a multi-billion dollar organization does, like, I don't want to hear, oh, the sun wasn't supposed to be out, but it came out, like, you can't seriously, you can't seriously use that as an excuse and be taken as a real entity. That's just garbage. And and you can't plan for cloud cover, right? If you're playing for if you're planning for cloud cover, just let's stop doing these. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm I'm going to have a controversial take on this uh, on this. Um, I think it was wrong for Colorado to wear those jerseys in the game on a nationally televised game wearing the Quebec logo. I think it was wrong. And that's your reasoning is because it was a nationally televised game. I, I'm 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 st- I'm having more troubles with the jerseys than I thought I would. The I I'm the more I think about it, the more I would have liked to see the Avalanche logo. Even with the Fleur de Lee and all that, I would I like I kind of like would have I would have preferred a mashup. I'm not, <laughs> and I I feel the same way about the Hartford thing, with the reverse. Like it's, I'm losing. I throwbacks are one thing if you're paying homage to the the, the team you know, where you stole from, but reverse retro, I'm, I'm not loving the whole idea of the reverse retro. I mean, like by that theory, Winnipeg's reverse retro should be the thrashers. It should be. Yes. Minnesota got it right. Yes. By that, that, by your, by your theory of the case, Minnesota is the only one of them that got it right. That's, and that's why I'm liking theirs. I think they're like, Top two, like yeah. that Quebec logo on that, it just, it doesn't feel right as a, it's not a throwback. It's not an homage. It's, it's, it's a freaking dollar grab, which is what uh, this is, but I don't it know, bugged the, me. The, the, the more and more I see it, the more and more I like it. And I liked it to begin with and living in the area, getting to know the fans here, getting to know the fan base, like they absolutely love that Jersey. And I mean, it, it is part of the organization and they love it to death. I mean, yeah, because you stole the team and won like in the second year. It's really it doesn't, easy. It doesn't. It doesn't matter why they love first it. Year. They just first love year. it. First year. Yeah, first year. Uh, first year. But you know what though? As, it's funny. You ask Minnesota fans, they would say one hundred percent keep the reverse retros all the time and dump the Christmas tree Christmas colors. Yeah. Well, in agreed. A, in a heartbeat, and I frankly, I think they should. Oh, I agree. Hundred percent. It's just a better color. The wild it's, jerseys. Are it's, yeah, it's a better color scheme. It's a, they've they've had a yeah. bad. Yeah, we, we've talked about this. The only yeah, good jersey they had is that. Cur- yeah, I just I don't know. It bothered me. I just if I'm the Avalanche, I want my branding on a game like that. It's about just it, something it, it's, about it's about it. branding, not jersey quality. It, it's the yeah. brand. That's to me that I, I think I think you finally got there. It's the brand. Yeah, it's about the brand. It's not about the, the like, shtick. I, That's not the I right love, place for it. Yeah, I loved last year when the Hurricanes did a throwback night and they wore the, the, the Whalers jersey. I don't love now the reverse retro being part of their jersey. With the gray, because yeah, there's, lo- yeah. I mean, there's like some hint of gray in like their third logo. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, that's such a lame. Yep. I, it's, it's such a lame connection. I liked that jersey more before I saw it on the ice. Colorado's? No, Hartford's. The Carolinas, the, the reverse retro yeah. Whalers. I liked it better before I saw it on the ice. I don't love I, it on the ice. I, I find you're saying that a lot about many of these uh, yeah. these jerseys. I, but but I but I will say Colorado still made the best upgrade in changing their helmets and pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sneaky I, good this year. Montreal's reverse retro looks better on the ice. Yes, than it did on the models. And we all thought it was going to be good anyway. We all thought it was going to be good. Yeah. And it's oh. You Two don't of the three I, of us. I, I had it middle of the road. It oh, didn't wow me. Guys. Montreal with blue. I just, the blue is yeah. super sharp, and it looked even better on the ice. Okay, let's let's go controversial, and you know we'll do what we got. Uh, Artemi Panarin's not playing hockey right now. Um, some allegations out there of 
Russian allegation coming out of Russia. And it's just, I mean, it's so hard to cover things coming out of Russia, right? 2011 assault accusations of a female victim hasn't come forward. I'm not saying we do believe in all that. We're not doing that here. Um, But he's been more and more uh, outwardly against Putin and and the regime. Mm -hmm. Um, He's made zero want to ever play in the KHL to finish his career. He hasn't done the OV type thing I, i'm not saying guys like i said you know any abuse allegations i don't care what gender it is are, are serious um but it just sucks either way I, you don't want to say truth can, or lie it sucks can i say yeah. you know you don't want to say can i say you can say this this is very much out of if you if you've watched what's gone on particularly as putin has taken a stronger grab of power the way he deals with the dissenting voice is to, well, poison them and, you know, or have them poisoned or have them disposed of in some way. It's one thing when you're somewhere in Europe, it's a lot tougher to do in America. And so, and I think that's a bridge even he wouldn't try to cross. So you, you dredge up an allegation or create an allegation from 10 years ago. And, you hamper uh, Panarin's ability to make a living. Um, now, which, again, Adam, as he said, which is not to say that what happened isn't both serious and possibly true, right? This may have happened. Mm-hmm. But there is a massive grain of salt that has to be taken with it because this is very much out of the... Uh, I'm going after my opponent playbook that Putin likes to play by. Yeah, I mean, Emily Kaplan on ESPN came out, uh, I think it was two days ago now, we're recording on Friday, so this was Wednesday. But the KHL did confirm they never received a complaint about Panarin in that time frame. That, I mean, this is the only complaint... Um, and by the way, this is a physical altercation, not a, not a, a, a sexual misconduct piece. This is accused of physical altercation with a then 18-year-old woman. Um, and it's the former coach of his team that reported it to the Russian, Russian newspaper. So th- I think, the I mean, Panarin doesn't plan to go to Russia. He's going to stay in Connecticut right now. Um, no timetable for his return. Um, I mean, the biggest thing that he's worried about right now is what it sounds like from a lot of different reports. He's just trying to get the safety of his family and to make sure his family's safe. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously a very scary and frightening situation for him. Yeah. But it's, uh, I'm a little surprised this is the first time this, uh, this tactic has been used. Yeah, And and one of his former teammates, Mikhail Anisinen, he came out with a quote. This is maybe the, the only damning quote. Uh, apparently it was in a karaoke bar that the incident took place. And his quote was, or Timmy didn't beat anyone, maybe pushed one girl a little bit, nothing more. And supposedly the police came to the hotel, but left after determining the incident didn't warrant any charges. So it seems like there was a, a police incident, if you will, and disputed and nothing came of it. It's just, I mean, it's so hard, guys, when stories coming out of Russia. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a single, single party control of, of the press. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, anything like that comes with a, a great Salt Lake-sized, you know, grain of salt. And, and this is coming with a Ranger team. God, by the way, the Rangers guys... Between this and the D'Angelo thing. By the way, does anybody remember who they drafted this year? <laughs> not off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, good God. How is the story not, you know, Lafreniere? I, I mean, like, this is what we should be talking about. Instead, we're talking about Tony D'Angelo and, and those shenanigans and getting into a fight with uh, his goalie after a loss. And Panera now, for the safety of his family and himself, taking a backseat to hockey. Oh, and by the way, they're in second to last place. Well, nobody's talking about Lafreniere because he's got two goals in 17 games and, a, and, and is a minus eight. 
So maybe this is good that there's distractions and nobody can talk about him being an early bust? Well, I think maybe it's proof that the... It's a couple things. The transition from minors to to the NHL without a stop in the AHL is really, really, really hard. And he's dealing with, you know, it's one thing for an established pro to sort of figure out how to deal with the, the amount of time off that they have and all the, the, the permutations of COVID and what it's done to scheduling and lifestyle and all that stuff. But for an 18 year old, it, it's a very different proposition. And I think this, I think this year in a lot of ways is probably a write off. Um, you know, I think yeah. the, the, the question is, you know, Capo uh, Caco, who's got three points in 14 games. Um, and, you know, isn't producing as the number two pick from two years ago. So, I mean, this is, uh, this is a team that's got young talent that needs to figure out how to put it together. Yeah, they, they need to get some shiny things. And they can go to LDE Affinity Jewelry for those shiny things, guys. If you go to LDEAffinityJewelry.com, you can get all the jewelry you want from a, from a local artist. ProHockeyNews.com, if you click on the link there, they're going to give you a special discount. So go from the ProHockeyNews.com site to LDE Affinity Jewelry, and you can get shiny just in the way that the New York Rangers need to get. Yeah. You guys, come on. Professional, no, I, I am. professional broadcaster, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I was going to say, I, I wish my transitions on the second line were as smooth as that. They are not. I've listened. <laughs> I know they are not. you got to work on them. you got to catch up. I, I need a coach. This is this is one of the little things I want to do. I mean, I for sure, like, with our, our lovely partners that have started to hop on here to the PHN podcast, it is my goal to have fun with transitions. It is my absolute goal. I, I want to be like the puck soup guys. I'm not going to lie. And they are outwardly mocking those that do the transitions as I do. So, you know, you guys, you, you can clap on video and laugh. Just be outward with it. Have some fun. It's okay. It was brilliant. I'm being an idiot. It, it was aware. excellent. It was ec- You are, but it was, it was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so right after, the, we'll just get it timed in there. Yeah. Um, Richard, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, speaking of professional broadcasters, you're like a professional producer and, and stuff. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. You like, you do stuff on TV. Well, not I, on, I do stuff for TV. For TV, not yeah, on. We, we not on TV. See you. We don't want to. No, see you. and that's why it's an audio not. only podcast. We we have to keep yeah. your anonymity out there. Um, <laughs> and my ridiculous looking face right now. Um, talk about you, the, your sister station out of DC picked up quite an interesting story um, about some good stuff going on in hockey. Yeah. Uh, so there was a uh, hockey mom out, I believe, in in uh, the. Um, I've already screwed this up. D.C. area. Uh, the, yeah, the D.C. area. I was going to say Maryland area, and I just that word would just not come out of my mouth. D.M.V. Uh, so, is like they like to call yeah, it Yeah, exactly. Uh, who had put together a group called uh, Hockey Players Against Hate. And uh, they'd been gaining some traction uh, recently. Uh, she started it after a black player had received some racial taunts from an opposing team during a uh, youth ice hockey tournament there in Maryland. Um, so this, this movement has started gaining a little bit of traction and it caught the eye of the Washington Capitals. So last night, uh, during their black history night, the Washington Capitals ended up wearing on their warm-up jerseys, uh, patches for players against Tate. So a- another good momentum boost for this organization. Um, but kind of what caught my eye in this story is they've started the first database to report um, abusive language, racist language that's being used in youth hockey. So they are actually doing something to, to combat, uh, you know, kind of what they say that they're, they're out to get. So, um, I mean, uh, kudos to them. Um, as trying to remember her name, um, Tammy Lynch, uh, for, for getting all this put together. And it, it's good to see that at least... You know, there are some resources for people who may be experiencing racism or um, any sort of prejudice in this great game. I think it's a great initiative and hats off to the Washington Capitals because they've uh, they've been very much at the forefront of uh, in hockey with regards to uh, 
you know, the anti-racism initiatives, they've been very out front with it, with their community work, and they should be applauded for it. And it's, it's great, and it's important that an NHL team is recognizing this, this initiative, and hopefully more teams and more leagues at more levels will start doing the same. Yep, definitely. The, the, the anti-movement is, is becoming strong. And I think that that's it's one thing that I'm real interested in in, in social justice and, and the different causes is it, to be anti something versus to be something. Yeah. And, and learning that there's a big difference of working to be anti it versus just not being it, whatever the it is. Yep. And I think regardless of, of what people want to do and left, right, center and, and, and ups and downs, whatever, but, but to be anti something instead of just not being something. To me, that's what I'm really kind of jumping onto uh, with, with a lot of causes at this point of how mm-hmm. strong to be anti-something is. And that, that's what they're doing. Um, speaking of anti-something, um, you know, in the land of anti-Niemi, um, <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the front office in Arizona, guys, I don't know if you, I know Lonnie, you read this. I don't know if you read it, uh, Richard, the Katie Strang report. Um, I think you guys touched on it last week a bit too. On, we did on, on the pod yeah. um, that when I listed it, I, I know it's a week old and I know you guys covered it on there, but holy hell. I mean, even if 20% of what she said is good and, and Katie Strang, I will believe anything she writes. Cause she, when she goes in depth, the girl goes in depth. Um, they're, they're, man, I mean, you talked about it, Richard, with Lonnie. Uh, it, holy crap. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't, like, no, that's about it. It's, yeah. I mean, it is as big a pending disaster as we've seen in a hockey ownership group potentially in a really long time. Abusive. Oh. Mismanaged financially. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Over your skis, fish out of water. I don't know what. I mean, it's just. I mean, guys. I mean, there's really one solution to this, right? Sell them sell to the, Tillman, Fertitta, and move to yeah, Houston. Sell, yeah, sell them to Fertitta. Yeah, and you're already going to the Central. Let's just get you in the Central Times. Absolutely. I mean, if this doesn't scream, I and I know Bettman is not going to get off, and Arizona State with their hockey program, and Austin Matthews. Like, there are so many reasons to want to stay in Arizona. Let's not mm-hmm. get ourselves. And I, and I think it's harder to leave now. But, I mean, if you're going to do it, you've got a clean break opportunity. Look, it's great that Austin Matthews is from Scottsdale. And Arizona State has a, you know, fledgling program. And they're trying to build it, and they're building an arena. Look, all that's great. But you're running, once again, a multi-billion dollar business. And you can't have one of the 32 people who, who own one of these franchises be this, this awful. And this is a guy where the NBA said, you're too leveraged to own one of our teams after they announced he was going to own one of our teams. Right. And look, I mean, you know, and the NBA, like, they, like the NHL, would love to have you know, minority, you know, racial, a racial yeah. minority ownership uh, group for any of their teams. Yep. So it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that he didn't have the, he did not have the capital to run an NBA team. It's, it's, it's really a shame that the NHL has never hired anybody from the NBA with knowledge of their inner workings and how, how they go deep into, you know, stuff, especially like, like a legal mine coming from the NBA with experience. It's really a shame they never hired somebody oh, like that. Oh, God. Why do we have to do this again? <laughs> Jesus. I'm so tired of, you know. Yes, Bettman worked for David Stern. <laughs> we know. We all know. He's no David Stern. You, well, and you it, would have never thunk it. No, I know, right? But here, the other thing is, though, is like the biggest test of David Stern's tenure, he failed. Adam Silver cleaned up the L.A. Clippers situation. Yes, I'm not saying, I am not by no means suggesting that this is an L.A. Clipper situation. I, I am suggesting that this is an incredibly toxic ownership group in a, 
in an extremely, extremely vital market that the NHL has fallen all over themselves to try to to salvage in some way, shape, or form. The biggest problem I have, okay. I don't want to say it's the biggest problem because this, this is this. Is <laughs> there are so very, many big the, problems. Uh, take take the the emotional abuse out of it. When you're not paying your bills, and you're strong arming creditors into basically taking a settlement instead of getting paid, that that's the biggest problem I have. When you're financially not going to pay your bills, there's a lot of other things you can't do. And by the way, goodbye free agents. They they're not coming. No. This yeah. this article ended any big free agent hope at Arizona. Players not getting their bonuses. They had they have grievances filed. Who's going to sign in Arizona? Nobody. Not not in Glendale. I mean, look and look. This is a guy who clearly can't get a building built in Scottsdale. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have the money to. He's get not a, the first. He's not the first one. He, to fail. He's not the first to fail. But you know what? Like the league failed for a lot of years when they owned the team. Mm-hmm. They had an actual owner who's supposed to have actual money, and he can't get it done. Yeah. yeah. And frankly, I'm not, you know, look, the Scottsdale, you know, folks in the Scottsdale City Council and the Scottsdale Planning Commission, they can afford a subscription to The Athletic. They're reading that piece, and yep. they're saying, I, I don't do business with this guy. You can't trust this guy to hold up his end. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So not, not good there. So, yeah, I just I did want to spend some time on this version because it's one of those stories that I think can straddle the two weeks of the podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. R- Richard, I, I'm looking at one of the slugs you put in here, and I, I, I don't, you didn't do a description. Um, so, yeah, I'm letting, this is where I'm letting the readers in behind or the listeners in behind the scenes. <laughs> what is COVID up? What I think I, that was left in from our one of our previous episodes. Oh. I think you put that in there. <laughs> well, I, I thought, like, I was like, we're, I thought maybe you were rehashing something. You just didn't delete. I, I guess I didn't delete that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So so so. Okay. We're out of topics then. I, I was going to end on the COVID up because I thought maybe we were going to cowboy up and all that. And because I'm not talking about Jacob knowing something, you put that in like a note, and that that's a bad note. We can't own up to that at all. No joke. Uh, uh, of course not. No, he's, no, he's, no. he's he's young and Canadian, so that's over two right there. <laughs> but 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 he knew enough to put LA higher in his rankings than than we all did. He knew, or he just got lucky. That too. I mean, it's it's eesh. season's let's, not over let's, yet. Let's be let's be honest. A that that's not over, and B fourth place in that division was a default spot we all agreed on. So if LA takes the fourth spot, it's because Colorado, St. Louis, and Vegas exactly. So let's let's <laughs> slow down. Uh, you know, yes, they've had a good couple. They've had a great two weeks. They've had a great two weeks. So yeah, let's go to my favorite part of the show. Um, I mean, guys. This, I mean, we, we've, we've got to start giving credit here. We've, we've really got to start giving credit. Um, you know, it's time for the picks. It's, it's, it's my genius. <laughs> oh, and I just, I just saw that you increased the font size of your record there. Oh, did I? I did not notice that. Yeah. I just like, ha, ha. yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. You want, you want to, go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to steal your thunder, Richard, and talk about last week's picks and, and the current records. But you, you can. I'll let you. Yeah, this you, is know, your you know, as as, um, as you like to, to say, I am the executive producer, so I'm, yes. I'm going to just blow over all that. Oh, uh, oh wait. <laughs> just going to the picks? Just going straight to the uh, Actually, last week we had a, a, a tie at three and two. Both Lonnie and Adam uh, beat me out for the number one spot, so I ended up at two and three on the season. Adam and Lonnie are tied at nine and six apiece. I am sitting at seven and eight, below five hundred, and feeling the shame. Let's hope that these five games <laughs> coming up this week will get me above five hundred and a little bit closer to you guys. Game number one, the one that I threatened to take off, but uh, I'm leaving it, leaving it on. Columbus Blue Jackets at the Nashville Predators. Adam, who do you have? Columbus. You know my rules. If I declare somebody a dumpster fire, I can't pick them to win. See, I didn't, I didn't know that before I put the picks in there. Just read my Twitter. About I call, last night I, I called them out. I, I called them a complete dumpster fire last night. I mean, when you get pasted by Detroit, you're a dumpster fire. 
I am just, I am sad that we're not going to see a, uh, a Nashville-Ottawa game. I would love to make you pick that one. All right, Lonnie. Refer- referees, I'd pick the third team. For <laughs> on the record with that. Um, boy, I, uh, I guess Columbus. I'm not loving how they're playing right now, but I really, really am not loving how Nashville is playing right now. <laughs> they're, they're both equally bad right now. Um, I'm, I'm going Nashville just because I wasn't impressed with, uh, with how the Blue Jackets ended their series with the Blackhawks. So, um, Hold on. Go with- what were you impressed with Nashville that leads you to believe that they could win a game? I, I'm, least, I'm less impressed with Columbus than I am with Nashville's. If that makes any sense. So, I'm more disappointed in so Columbus than Nashville. getting blown up by Detroit freaks you out less than getting shut out by Chicago. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> I mean, neither one is good. Neither, I, right, yeah. Because neither one of those teams are very good. That, that and I need to make some points up on you guys. Ah, okay. All go. right. Game number two. This one's going to be a much better game. Oh, can't wait Toronto at Edmonton. Lonnie, who do you got? I am taking the Edmonton Oilers. All right. Adam. I'm going to take Edmonton at home. I'm, I'm going to go there. You know, they're, they've, they're on a hot streak. They've won a handful in a row. I mean, both teams are, are doing great in the last 10. I mean, what's crazy, I mean, Toronto's playing well on the road, guys. They've yeah. Only got one, they've only not gotten a point in one of their eight road games. I mean, they're playing better on the road than Edmonton is at home, so that's why I'm going with Toronto in this game. That is a very fair way to analyze that, and I'm impressed. Yeah, you like that? that I just good. and I just looked at the stats like two seconds ago. All right, game number three. <laughs> Could have sold it. I'm not going to sell that. By the way, uh, hold on, hold on. What is um? What's the over under on the game? What are you guys putting the over under at for that game? Because hmm. it, there's no defense in the North. When you look at the goals against numbers going up there, it, it ain't are, pretty. Yeah, um, I'm going to say uh, between the two teams. Eight goals. Oh, I'll take the over. Um, I was. It's fun. It's interesting you said that. I was going to set the over under at eight and a half. Uh, over. I'll take the over. I want to take the over regardless of whether Matthews plays or not. Over. So Richard's got the under. Lonnie's got. I'll take the the over. I'll got the, the maybe. Put mark it down, Richard. Mark that down. Let's let's put that in part. Got on my pad. In two weeks. Yep. There you go. Got it on my pad. Here we go. All right. Game number three. Pittsburgh at the New York Islanders. Adam, who do you like in this one? I, I, as long as it doesn't go to a shootout, I like the Islanders. All right. Lonnie. I like what the Islanders did to Boston the other night. That was, oh, yeah. that was abusive. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with the Islanders. All right. Still maintain best, co- best coach in the East. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going with the Islanders. I'm I'm really liking how they're playing right now. Seven two and one in their last ten. They're they're doing some things right over there. Game number four, Carolina at Florida. Lonnie, who do you like? I think Florida. They're just playing too well right now. Q Q's got them going. All right, Adam. Sorry to argue that. Lonnie Smart. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna okay. save that. We're gonna. We're going to need that for a future episode, I hope. Do you want me to save that as a ringtone yeah, for you? That would be great. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ringtone for my wife. That's what we need, actually. Oh, jeez. I can say that because... Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. I can say that You're... because she doesn't listen to this. No, no, no. If you say... Richard, if you make that a ringtone, I will send that to his wife. Perfect. It would be okay. my voice calling her husband smart, which would probably be the ultimately worst ringtone for Elise ever. I think she'd hate it. Yeah. So yeah, why don't you do that? Yes, why don't you do, Richard, go ahead. Why don't you do that? All right, I'm, I'll clip it after we we finish this episode. Oh, um, I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm gonna go with a bunch of jerks in this one. I feel like uh, they're just due to for a win. Lost three straight. They got to turn something around. I, I don't know if it's against Florida, but I hope it is. So I'm just going to go with Carolina in that one. I, you know, I could see Carolina winning. I mean, I, you're not off. No, I mean, oh, no. Yeah, I could totally yeah. see Carolina winning. I mean, that's a... They, they've, yeah, they've hit a rough patch in the last week, but otherwise they've had a good... I mean, they were playing well. You got to remember, they were like 12-3 and three before the, the last week. So losing three in a row is, is hurt them, but they're still a damn good team. They, they are good. Now, I think they can beat Florida. I'm just... This pick is more hopeful than analytical. I just think all those so. Panther fans make the difference. That's true. 
<laughs> Last game, L.A. at Minnesota. Lonnie, who do you have? I'm going to pull an Adam. Oh. And I'm going to say the winner of the game is whoever loses tonight. <laughs> that is amazing. It is the rare back. So, it is the rare back-to-back situation. Yeah. So, so you're picking Minnesota. Sure, I'll pick Minnesota. I, but I love how Minnesota's <laughs> playing right now. They have they have become legitimately uh, b- more than interesting, almost fun to watch right now. That that third Whoa. period against Colorado. I know, I know that third fun period against, to watch the that, Minnesota Wild. That third period against Colorado. Oh jeez. Sorry, I don't want to. Yeah. I hate to do both your teams that way, Richard. But jeez, that that third period was electric. Uh, you use electric. I use rough. All right, tomato, Adam. tomato, tomato. All right. <laughs> it's entertaining. That's right. I, I am going to go Minnesota with a even with, with, with a game-winning goal from Eriksenek. The dude is on fire. He has turned himself into like a legit like number two scoring option, which was, I mean, it just shows how mismanaged he was under Boudreaux for years. He was like third, fourth line checking guy, penalty killing guy. It's it's unbelievable the transformation into this season. He's when, been wonder really what, what a hollow would look like. Uh, without that. Hurts my heart a little bit. Yeah, and and by by the way, I, actually, go ahead, Richard. Pick and then I'll. Ask oh, okay, a uh, my pick. I I'm going to L.A. I mean, th- this is really a toss up. Either team is is playing really well right now. They got it back to back. Yeah, it's it's really up in the air depending on what happens tonight. But I'm gonna go L.A. Uh, Lonnie, did did you see Kakinen becoming a thing? I thought there was a chance he okay. could become a thing. Um, he's really good with you know he's always really good with Iowa. Uh, obviously, it doesn't always translate. Um, but I think you know definitely once they, you know, him and Talbot as a you know sort of yeah good enough one too. Um, I mean, and it certainly. It, it, what he needed was a path in like a legit sort of goaltending competition to get games. And I think it, it, having a guy like Talbot is almost the sort of perfect situation for him because he doesn't, you don't have to ride him the whole season and you can, you know, you, you can spell him with a real vet once in a while. And it's, it's it, the, the tandem is working out. Talk about Finland, man, two rookie goalies making some noise. With with him and with Lincoln in, in Chicago, and you got the two veteran Finns in in Nashville, and and also Corpusalo. And Corpusalo. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. <laughs> the the, the Finns are taking over the NHL Mets. Yeah, well, yeah, and it, and what's interesting because Canada's been having a goalie problem. Yes, it, it's been you know yes. the World Juniors have exposed that yeah. and something that's been talked about a lot with their goalie with uh, hockey Canada's goalie. But yeah, okay, Richard, got all our picks in, huh? Got all our picks. Okay. Listeners, if you want to follow along, you can find us on Twitter at PHN underscore podcast. Let us know how you do and how you compare against us this week. Yep, and how big your font is. And how big my f- <laughs> big your font is. It's very there's been some font changes going on while you weren't paying attention, just so you know. Oh, oh, I, I oh, see no, them. He's been following I see along. Them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna take a picture. I'm gonna post that, but don't yeah. worry. Yeah. By the way, um, I didn't do all of it. It was, it was a tandem effort. <laughs> it was. It was teamwork. Right. Parting shots, guys. Producer extraordinaire, Richard Cote. So I got an email the other day from the Boston Pride because we had sponsored a, uh, a virtual fan to attend the Isabel Cup. Uh, that fan was supposed to be returned back to us, signed by the team. The email today said that the club was going to hold on to the virtual fan now, I was a little upset, but it turns out they're holding on to it because there is a chance the Isabel Cup playoffs will be played by the end of March. So There's, There are rumors out there that some of it has to do with potentially the NHL helping. Right. I'm trying to track some things down with somebody I know, but it's not going very far, I'll be very honest. Okay. Either way, that, that made me a little excited that this playoff it might actually happen. And I might actually get to see a little bit more of the NWHL, which was very exciting their first few weekends of competition. So that's my parting shot for the week.
There we go. So our our cartoon faces are still in limbo, is what you're saying, of their final resting place. They're sitting somewhere in Boston. We think. We'll wait for them to for them to make their way back. Okay. Okay, from cartoon talk to a cartoon character, Lonnie. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so I saw one of the uh, one of the more random hockey milestone, sort of milestones, I guess you'd call it. So Sam Gagne got a hat trick last night for the Red Wings, and it was his second career hat trick. His first hat trick was nine years ago, again when he was playing for Edmonton, where he had an eight point game. He had four goals and four assists in a game in 2012. And it took nine years in between that game to his next hat trick. Uh, he, he's, it's not the longest stretch in between hat tricks. I think the longest I believe I saw the NHL tweeted out was 11 years. But to go from an eight point, an eight point night when, you know, as, as a very young player coming up, I think it was his rookie year, to. You know that kind of gap was crazy to me. I didn't realize it had been uh, been quite quite that kind of ride for him. But I'm glad uh, glad to see him scoring again for Detroit. There you go. My parting shot. Um, I'm. It, this is not cancel culture, folks. Mr. Potato Head becoming Potato Head is not cancel culture. It is a sound business decision by Hasbro to lessen SKUs. And by the way, accessories have the most margin in it. So now they're making one main potato, uh, plastic potato, and a bunch of accessories to sell more of them. It was a financial business decision that is not cancel culture. That's it. That's to, be f- yeah. to be fair, yes. it is just the brand name that has dropped the Mr. He, and Mrs. All the, and the accessories and everything that goes on them are still branded Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Exactly. They're selling it's one just the body, potato. Which... which do you guys know what the basic what P- Potato Head Mr. Potato is known for? What's so special about that toy? No. First toy advertised on TV. Really? Huh. Which by the way was originally just the accessories. It, you had to, you plug it you into had to a provide potato. your own potato. <laughs> yep. Yes. Potato not included was the start of Mr. Potato Head. Oh, that's My mother in law still has all those accessories for a potato. I, I lo- Mr. Potato is one of my favorite. I, have, I still have a stuffed animal. Um, I've got a couple. Uh, they're sitting on I, I have a New York, uh, uh, New York, New Mexico Scorpions potato head. I have a Chicago Bears Me one. Too. I've got a Cubs. Like, I love Mr. Potato Head. He is, is my is that favorite. Why, is that why Story. Toy Story is your favorite movie? It's part of it. I okay. just I think the story is great to be. Yeah, oh, it's I, a I great movie. Always, it's a great movie. It's yeah. a good movie. I've always liked Mr. Potato. So I saw that news this week and all the cancel culture crap. I'm like, no, guys. Like from somebody who's in sales on their normal basis, lessening skews and taking your high margin product and making more of them, and only having one skew for the body, genius business decision. Absolutely. Just yeah. absolute genius. So shut up with the cancel culture. For Richard Cote and Lonnie Goldsmith, this is Adam Minnick. We want to thank the Chicago Wolves merchandise store, LDE Affinity, Julian Ribeiro Hockey, for making the podcast possible. Check out our friends at their different websites. Until uh, next week, we'll talk to you. This has been another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast.